Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, joined on the other line from beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer at the Miami Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Good. You forgot to say beautiful and cold. It's like 20 yeah. degrees here. Yeah, well, uh, I guess it's that time of year. Yeah. Um, don't don't so, tell me the weather in Miami because I'll be jealous. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll it's 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 35 <laughs> here too. So, <laughs> so um, we haven't talked in a while, actually. Um, you've been on the road for a little while. Um, it's been, I guess, an up and down uh, trip or last week or whatever for the Heat. You know, played really well against the Lakers, uh, even in a loss, and then came back the next night, beat a banged up Mavericks team, and then. Uh, last night was, I don't know, maybe the, I don't know if I'll say it's the worst they've played all year, but it was the first time they lost to a team with a losing record. It was the worst loss of the season. It was the worst. Definitely the worst loss of the season. Maybe they've looked worse against like Philly and, you know, a couple of games they got blown out, but, um, it's the first time you could really look at a game this year and be like, man, what, what, what the heck just happened? Um, so Anthony, what the heck just happened? (laughs) Well, let me first say, you know, if you would have told anybody before the season, say the, the first bad loss is going to come on December sixteenth, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. I mean, we also we, you and I have talked about this now for a couple of weeks. Like, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, it almost happened at home against the Bulls and the Hawks, but the Heat won in overtime. Um, right. Even almost happened in Dallas. The, the Heat were up by over twenty points with Luca out, and then Dallas came back and almost won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Heat were playing with fire, and they finally got burned against Memphis. I think the most concerning thing is, and I wrote about this um, today, is the defense. Yeah, offensively, they've been they've been a top ten offense for the past few weeks, and they are a top ten offense for the season. Actually, like it's kind of crazy, but their offense is ranked ahead of their defense right now for the season. Right. Like, who would think that entering the year? Um, the yeah, defense, I can't imagine that's in the case since like. The big three years, right? Even like, then, I mean, because the, those three, guys, but even then, those teams were incredible defensively. Yeah, they were like top five on defense most years. So I mean, maybe one, maybe that last big three year when they they were kind of coasting a little bit, maybe. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, it's been a. It's not. That's not usually the case with any Heat team. Usually, the defense is ahead of the offense. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing the offense looks so good. But it, it's kind of not a good thing that the defense is kind of taking a step back, um, and it's. You've seen it over the past few weeks. I think they're, uh, what is it? They're 19th. They have the 19th best defensive rating over the last 10 games. Um, last night, they allow over 70 first half points to yeah. Grizzlies um, on incredible. I mean, Memphis was making a ton of shots, but that it was they were getting a lot of open looks. So they shot 65% from the field, 11 of 16 on threes. Um, the Heat turned to a zone in the second half, kind of slowed down Memphis's offense, but the hole that he dug for itself was just too much. So, uh, you know, I think entering the year, we said this could be a top five defense. That's the Heat's goal to be a top five defense. But right now, with the way they're playing, uh, they're not playing like that. So I think that's, you know, when you look at what are the reasons for the struggles, you could say, well, I mean, rim protection is something I've always said. I, I was wondering how they would address that. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, you have so many good perimeter defenders that, you could kind of alleviate that issue a little bit with so many guys who could keep their man in front of them. But now with Justice out and kind of a thin roster, um, depth is an issue, and guys maybe aren't, aren't as fresh, and you're seeing more more points at the rim. Um, I think the Heat are allowing 
the second highest field goal percentage at the rim this season. So, you know, that's that's a point that they'll have to improve on. But, um, yeah, overall, they just got to improve their defense. If not, um, they're not going to be, uh, you know, a, a top four team in the East if, if they don't get better in that area. Yeah. yeah, to me, it's not so much like, you know, obviously one loss to the Grizzlies this late in the season being your first bad loss right. of the year wouldn't be a reason to, like, worry, like, whatever, you're going to lose games like that. But it is the fact that you touched on it. A lot, you know, they've been pummeling these bad teams early in the year because the offense had been surprisingly very, you know, at least above average, and and the defense had been excellent. And like you're saying, they've been playing close games. Um, you know, they easily could have, you know, three or four losses at this point to teams they, you know, with losing records. Uh, just in the last two weeks, basically, because. The defense has been a little lax. They've, they've, you know, even in some of these blowouts, they, you can tell like they kind of turn it off maybe a little bit in the second half and let these teams kind of at least make the score closer than maybe the, the, uh, the, the game actually was. Um, and yeah, it's, it comes down to this defense because that's supposed to be the strength. Um, and I, I mean, I thought it was interesting. You know, I wasn't there in Memphis last night. Obviously, you were. Um, but seeing Jimmy, it was kind of the first time he had really, you know, it was obviously the first time he talked after a loss like this. Um, and it was the first time he like seemed like not happy with the team. Right. I I, I don't know if maybe it's just, you know, his, I don't know what his tone was like or anything like that, but I, I think you tweeted the quote or maybe had it in the story. Um, basically like it's a a trend going in the wrong direction. Like we've got to, you know, it's not acceptable right now. Um, I just thought it was interesting. It was really the first, you know. Not that honeymoon is over, but it's it was the first time that like he said, you know, the first time you saw kind of like grumpy Jimmy, and right. you know he he had reason to be grumpy. It's not like he was unjustified, but it had been so such smooth sailing for the first you know month and a half of this season. It was, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. It's the first time they've had to respond to a loss like this. Yeah, and, and you're right, I, and that's why I made it my story today. It was interesting to see Jimmy like that because, like you said, he hadn't been. I mean, it's the worst loss of the season, so he's kind of expected yeah. after that game. But that was the first time he kind of called out guys, not individually, but just said, look, effort just isn't there. And we're not playing like we're supposed Like, we're not being who we are, basically. Like, we are a team that's based on hustle, defense, and kind of out-toughing teams. Um, and they're not doing – they haven't been doing that lately. And it's interesting yeah. because, I, I mean, I think you were there that day. Against, I think it was against – I think it was the Hawks game when Bam and Jimmy got triple doubles. And after the game – you would think Jimmy would be happy, and he was not. I mean, you maybe you weren't there, but he wasn't happy. Was he, he, yeah, he weren't there that day, but he he was not. He was saying basically like, we gotta play better defense. Yeah, this is like yeah, I mean, this is gonna cost us at some point here, and it cost them. So he's been saying this for a while, for a couple. I would say for a week now. Um, yeah, and it kind of came. It kind of obviously came back to bite them last night. Yeah, his quote. I feel like we gotta take it personally. That doesn't mean enough to us right now to man up and take the challenge. I mean, that's like something you would. You know, you expected him to hear him something he could have said after a, a Minnesota game that went poorly two yeah. years, like last year. Um, not yeah, saying there, he's grumpy was, now, not he's he's not malcontent or anything, but it, it was the first time. You know, Jimmy is a we've talked about it a lot. You know, kind of a divisive personality, and and so far, it lo- looks like he has meshed really well with this team. That he that all those uh, his teammates have responded really well to him. Um, and you know, he's now for the first time kind of has to get this team playing to the level that 
you know, they're for the first time they're probably playing below expectations, and Jimmy doesn't like when uh, teams play below their expectations. And, and and I have no problem with that. Like I yeah, no, it's I'm, I, like, again, I, I, I feel like it. I'm almost sounding like I yeah. like panicking <laughs> about it, but like it's part of what it's like to have Jimmy Butler as a teammate. You know, if you say you like playing with Jimmy Butler, it's because you like. <clears throat> him being outspoken like this yeah. and Dwayne did that to a certain extent last yeah. year too I think Jimmy's just kind of taking on that role but he went I mean that was one quote I tweeted <clears throat> but he was he went on for like four or five minutes just kind of <laughs> criticizing the team's play that night he, one of his quotes was we you know we have to rely on our effort plays we don't have a team full of superstars we got a team full of supposed dogs that play incredibly hard and I don't feel like we're doing that right now we're not being who we are mm-hmm. so you know that and it is. I mean, it was he. He went off even more. I mean, he said, "What we talk about, what we need to do, and then we go out there and, and lay an egg." I'm pissed off if I'm Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, because we should play harder. So he. I mean, he was. He was. Uh, you could tell he was upset last night, and you know, as he should be. I mean, it was a disappointing performance, but again, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how they responded. They don't have an easy game coming up. Once. Yeah, this Philly game is going to be really interesting. I think. Yeah, and especially with. I mean, with no Goran and Justice, I think. I really think it's finally taking a toll on this team. Like, not only are those two of your best players. Those are your two of your highest minute guys. Well, you two of your highest minute. And, I mean, over the last five games, Jimmy and Bam are averaging, I mean, over 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, and the Heat are basically playing an eight-man rotation because Silver plays a couple minutes here and there. They're playing an eight. I mean, it's, and they're, I mean, three overtime games in the past five games. Like, I, re, I mean, they won't admit it. And Jimmy was asked about it last night. And he said, you know, that's not an excuse. But fatigue is real and you know that was their third game in four nights and now they play a, you know a really good Philly team again without Justin Gorn it looks like uh, it's going to be tough and you know this could be their first losing streak we'll see yeah it's also worth mentioning when we're talking about the defense just like the fact that they're missing justice like when we're salivating about this team's justice defensive potential remember uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now but remember what we were thinking after that that Toronto yeah. game like that the Justice Jimmy Bam trio is like going to elevate this defense to the top tier of the league, and and we just haven't really. I don't have we seen that lineup since. I can't remember if they played the next game together. If right away Jimmy was, uh, or Justice was back on the shelf. But I mean, when you look at the guys who are playing right now, like there, are, other than Jimmy and Bam and Derek, now Derek. Yeah, Derek isn't playing pretty well in defense. But they're just not like I don't know. You're not expecting Tyler Hero to be a lockdown defender. You're not expecting Duncan Robinson to be a lockdown defender. You're not expecting Kelly Olynyk to be a good defender. You yeah. know, Myers is as good as a communicator, but it's not like he is like a switchable big who can cover guard multiple positions and protect the rim. Like they're really just actually you know aren't a lot of great defenders on the court right now for the Heat. Um, you know, and that, but then when you add Justice, who is like a you know borderline all defensive type talent, it, it changes things a lot. So, but again, at the same time, Justice just hasn't been healthy. Like, can you count on him at this point to be a guy who is gonna be a hundred percent all season long? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a fair question. I think at this point. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you bring up a good point. Um, you know, with with Jimmy and Bam on the court, the Heat have had a one hundred one point five defensive rating, which would be number one in the NBA, you know, mm-hmm. for the season. But so th- this team is elite defensively when Jimmy and Bam are on the court. It's when they're not on the court or when one is off the court where there are issues. And 
you know, like you said, Justice can only help that because he provides that third defender where maybe if Jimmy's not on the court, you still have Justice and Bam on the court, and that, you know, that 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 helps, you know, allow Jimmy to get more rest and the team to play better defense when Jimmy's off the court. So right now, Jimmy and Bam are do. it looks like they're doing their jobs. Like when this, when they're on the floor together, they're a good defensive team. It's when they're not on the court, you know, that's the issue. Yeah, and there's just not the same level of guys behind them, obviously. Yeah. And Justice is, you know, versatile enough. He'll, he'll guard a lot of the guys that Jimmy guards, and he can even, you know, when Bam is on power forward, Justice can guard power forward. Probably, maybe not centers, but he can guard some big guys. Um, speaking of Bam, uh, I think it's fair to say this is like this, the week of a star turn for him, right? Like player of the week, it seems like really starting to get national media attention, the triple doubles, um, the all-star push seems very real for him right now. Um, what have you thought of the, uh, week of Bam? I mean, we've seen this coming, right? You and I have talked about it now since the beginning of the season, kind of like we've talked about it since last season. Yeah, we really have. Like we've we've both yeah, not, that, really not, that, not that not that I'm taking credit for us identifying this. Where we talked about it last season because of what Alonzo Mourning said about him, right? Kind of the preseason. Yeah, and you know, I was it was interesting. Let me pull it up here. That um, before the season, I talked to Bam, and he. Gave me his, uh, I can't find it now, but he basically said his goals were like to average 15, 10, and 5 uh, before the year. And I'm like, oh, you know, well, that's good. You know, I doubt he's going to average 5 assists and 15 points. Like, that seems like a big improvement. He's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists right now. <laughs> like, I mean, it's. I didn't think about that, but I saw uh, our colleague Isaiah Smalls wrote a th- little thing on BAM today, and he mentioned that. And I'm like, whoa, that's true. Like, he's averaging 15, 10, and 5 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not averaging 30 and, and 12 or anything, but just the overall, his overall game has just grown so much. And he's so important to this team. Obviously, he's playing over 40 minutes a game right now uh, or this recent stretch. And he's so good defensively that he really is like, I mean, maybe Jimmy, but you can make an argument. Bam has been the MVP this year. Like he's been that important. And it's nice, you know, it's good to see that he get, he's getting the attention um, because, you know, probably if this team wasn't winning, it might go under the radar, but they're winning uh, or they have been winning. And he's getting, you know, well-deserved recognition. Um, and I, th- I really do think, I mean, if the Heat keep at this pace and they're like a top five team in the East at the All-Star break, I would be shocked if he's not an All-Star. You know, as a reserve, obviously, but the coaches, you know, I'm sure they love Bam because of what he does and everything he does on the court. So, I'm, you know, I, I would expect him. Um, to to be an all star this season, which is kind of crazy. The Heat are gonna probably gonna have two all stars. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done my deep dive on like the stats and comparing. It's still a little early, but I do remember. I think like two weeks ago. I think it was after the Philly game. We talked about how teams, or maybe it was a game after, uh, maybe the the Nets game where they they played them the same way as as the Sixers did, and it was kind of a couple of the few times this year when he was really like shut down. And I think I basically said like. You know, this is why he might not be an all-star this year is because there's still, like, a way to guard him. There's still – you can play off him. He's he's a little afraid to shoot. He is a little afraid to put the ball on the floor. And since then, he has, like, elevated his game even another level. And it's not – it hasn't even been by, like, he's not making more mid-range jumpers necessarily. He's not initiating the offense off, off the dribble more necessarily. But he's just doing everything he does well at a higher level – um, his passing obviously has been ridiculous considering he's had a couple of triple doubles. 
Um, his defense has been just as good as ever, and and, and um, he's at least attempting some threes, right? He's he's making five hundred bucks a game off Jimmy. <laughs> there you go. And I, I would say too, like he he's been more aggressive. Yeah, I think I, yeah, that's I think true. That, is, that kind of that's kind of correlated with his like recent surge. Um, that Brooklyn game, he went six of fourteen, and they were sagging off of him, but at least he took fourteen shots. And ever since then, he's pretty much been like 12 shots, 12 shots, 11, 11, 18 shots. Beginning of the year, I'm looking now, it's seven shots, nine shots, seven shots, five shots, five shots. Like he wasn't looking at the basket. And this, you know, his teammates, you know, Spo have really been on him to look at the basket more, especially yeah. when teams are playing off of him. And he's done that and it's, it's worked. So, you know, I think that's encouraging too, that he's kind of become more comfortable in that role of, okay, like I'm going to get the ball. And I'm gonna try. I'm, you know, I can try to pass. He's a great passer, but I could also score as well. So I, I think that's been an encouraging development recently. Do you think this? Um, I'm not necessarily saying this week of play, but his stat line right now: 15, 10, and five. Is that like I don't know? Is, do you think he finishes the season with that sort of average? I don't see why not. I yeah. mean, I guess the only the case yeah, against maybe. it is when Goron and. Justice get back. That's two more ball handlers yeah. who are probably ch- chewing into his uh, assist numbers. Probably. Yeah, I, I still think he like, finished around four. Maybe not five. I think he still finishes around four. Just because yeah. he runs so much of the offense through him, even when those guys are in there. Like, yeah, he runs so much offense through him on the high post, and they have so many shooters that he's like bound to get at least three assists a game. You know, so. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes four or five assists. I think that's like a reasonable rate. And now he's at 4.6, so he's right in between those two numbers. Mm-hmm. Rebounds, he's going to get rebounds because they need him to. They yeah, need no, him. he's going to get rebounds. So Ten no. rebounds is obvious, I think. Yeah. The 15 points, you know, 14, 15, I think that's reasonable. So I, I really think these are the numbers he's going to finish with. Like, And, it, again, like there's not many guys averaging 15, 10, and 4. I don't know what the list is right now, but that was a couple of weeks ago. It was like Giannis. And Jokic, I think, or maybe Car Anthony Towns, like those—that's the class of guys he's in right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like the true all-star, no doubt centers. Yeah, that's it. And he has uh, legitimately entered that class. This year. I mean, he's—he's he's a, a notch below guys like Jokic and, and Towns, but he is in the class. The way he's playing right now, he is a surefire, no doubt, all-star level player, which. Um, as like I said, as recently as two or three weeks ago, I, I didn't even necessarily think that was you know I thought it was possible, but I didn't think that was a lock by any yeah. means. And it's kind of it's easy to forget, but he's like the, he's the third youngest guy on the team. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, only Tyler and KZ, the two rookies, are younger. I mean, it's crazy to think that he's only twenty two. It feels like he's been here for so long. This is, this is his third season, but you know he got here when he was nineteen, just like Tyler did. Right. He's only twenty two. Like he turned twenty three this summer after the season. Um, so he has, you could tell he obviously has a bright future. And in 2021, the Heat better get ready right. to, to pay him the max because he's going to get a big contract, I think. Yeah. And of course, that's, yeah, you know, I won't even say it's the unspoken part of it because it, people have talked about it is, is the fact that now instead of when you're pitching free agents, it's you're pitching them to play with Bam, probably even more than pitching them to play with Jimmy two years from now. Because yeah. he is, he's, it, not just because he might be the best guy on the team by then, but because, he is going to be a fun guy to play with. Like he's exactly the the center that you know certain that uh big men want to play. I mean, it's like he's like it's like how Bosch was the perfect center to play with uh LeBron and Wade. Right. Bam, in a lot of ways, is the 
perfect, you know, he's probably not the perfect center to play with a guy like Russell Westbrook or James Harden, but for someone like Giannis, like <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, a pretty ideal fit. Yeah, I really, and, and I know we try to make comparisons with Bam, but I, although I think Bam is more athletic. The Draymond comparison is just so yeah. Strong. The Draymond is such an obvious one. Like a two, like an inch or two taller, bigger. Obviously, plays bigger, but there's so they're the ball so, handler, but yeah. yeah, so much of the other stuff yeah. is there, which is crazy. And at some point, we could talk, but just it's unbelievable. Like I, I remember watching him in Kentucky, and he looks like he was just going to be like a bruiser. Yeah, and I, I've talked to Spo about this, like on the side, like the Heat didn't think he was going to be this. Like yeah. they, they saw him as like, okay, he works hard. He's athletic. He has, you know, they love the way he kind of, his lateral speed on defense. They always thought he was going to be a really good defender. But they did not think he was going to be this good of a passer. And this offensively, like, this is all a surprise to them. Um, But, you know, like, as the Heat always say, they're open to anything. And (laughs) they kind of saw that. You know, they saw that he had that skill and they developed it. So credit to them and credit to Bam for kind of making the most of his skill set. All right. uh, Before we wrap up, let's hit a couple uh listener questions uh our first one is from at heat lifer 45 uh he wants to know what can we reasonably expect to get for dion nothing nothing yeah a bag I mean, of potato chips yeah, and not I, even that because the, the salaries won't match up yeah. i mean at this point it's like <laughs> very expensive bag <laughs> of potato chips yeah at this point you're gonna have if the heat are really getting to trade dion they have to attach an asset to him to get anything or they have to take a contract back that is that kind of takes them past 2021 which so then he would have to take on money past 2021 where they're trying to preserve cap space for that year i don't think they're going to do either of those things um so i i just don't think a, a tra- trading dion is realistic at this point obviously that could be proven wrong but i i if if they're going to part ways i think there are other ways that are more likely and i, I know barry jackson uh, our colleague all, reported this weekend that the heat are and waiters are have been talking um, what Dion's representatives have been talking about different ways to kind of part way, you know, different ways to kind of end things and kind of move on. Um, so that's obviously interesting, but you know, there's obviously the buyout option, which Dion would have to give up, you know, maybe a couple million bucks. The question is, why would he do that? Right. If you, I mean, if he wants to play and he feels like, he right. I mean, that's the, the one reason, right. If he, yeah. if the Lakers are going to go get him on the buyout market and he's like, Oh, that sounds fun. Like, right. okay. Yeah, and I think I, to me that's one of the most realistic options. It might not happen right away. Maybe he doesn't want that option right now, but eventually, I feel like that's something that could happen. Um, the other one is the J.R. Smith scenario, where uh, you know the Heat and Dion kind of decide, okay, we're gonna. It's best if maybe you stay away from the team for now, and we'll keep paying you. I kind of feel like that's the ideal for the Heat, right? Like the most. I don't know. I mean, I guess the buyout probably is, but yeah, but uh, next to that, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of. I mean, the ideal thing would be avoiding the contract, but I just don't think that's yeah, the, that's not going to happen. I don't that's know. that's that's very. I difficult. mean, we don't know we don't know all the reasons he has been suspended, but yeah. I think if they were going to avoid the contract, we would that would be like in the works by now at this point. Yeah, right? but, yeah. and I mean, Barry did report that the Heat have explored it, but I just don't. Th- I mean, that, that I don't know if that's ever happened. I, not that I, I mean, I don't remember that ever happening. I know teams have tried to do that before. But it's ne- they've never been able to pull it off. You know, the, the Players Association obviously does not want that precedent of a guaranteed contract losing the guarantee aspect of the contract. Mm-hmm. So they will fight very hard for that not to happen. So I just I don't think that's realistic. I know that's been talked about, you know, on 
on Twitter and different Heat fans kind of asking that question. I just don't think that's realistic. I think, like we said, the buyout or maybe kind of deciding, you know, let's maybe stay away from the team for now while we pay you and while we try to find a trade for you or try to find some type of situation where it's best for both sides where we can part ways. But, um, yeah, I think those are the two most likely things. A trade, what can the Heat get for Dion? I don't think that's happening. Yeah. It would have to be part of a larger package. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I guess the one way a trade makes any sort of sense to me is if, and again, I don't even think this makes sense because I don't think the Heat really should be on buying anything big on the trade market this year. I think patience probably still makes most sense. But if, if they did go make, try to make a bigger trade and Dion is a guy who has to make salaries match, and that's the one way I think he gets dealt is – if he is there, um, basically a salary filler to get, you know, waived at whatever his next destination is. Yeah, that's, that's about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it could be. I mean, look, at, I mean, it was obviously a smaller contract, but like Wayne Ellington last year, you know, he got traded to the Suns and he immediately got waived. Yeah, bought out and and uh, waived, and he and he ended up with Detroit. So yeah, I mean, that could happen. But yeah. like we said, I think the most realistic are the other two options. Yep. All right, uh, from at Hans Hickler, uh, when's Dragon coming back? What are you hearing? This eight-man team playing all the minutes. Are we seeing fatigue? We kind of touched on that last part of that, but just um, any any sort of update on Goran Dragic? Well, I, I think I think the plan, I mean, I don't know for sure if it's going to happen. Obviously, it depends on Goran's feeling, but I think that Knicks game on Friday, I think that's a reasonable date there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that Monday game against the Jazz. You know, the Heat have basically during that stretch, they have two games in basically a week. So that'd be a good time for Goran to come back. You know, it allows them rest in between games um, and allows them to maybe ease his way in. You know, they play the Knicks on Friday, so you might not have to play that many minutes, maybe 15 minutes or so, just to get it, just to get the rust off. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back Friday. Um, but the only problem with that is they're not going to practice before then. So. That would be the only kind of maybe hold up with that, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Goran returns uh, Friday against the Knicks. Justice, on the other hand, I know people are like, how could a strain back keep you out for two to three weeks? Um, I don't know. I mean, last time we asked Bo, he said Justice wasn't feeling right and there was no timetable right now. Only Justice can answer that question. I don't know how he's feeling. We haven't been able to speak with him since the injury. Um, I would think he's going to come back soon. doesn't seem like a serious injury. Um, maybe this homestand like Goran as well. It'd be it'd obviously be good for the Heat for, to get both of them back at the same time. They need them, but with him, I'm less sure just because there's kind of, you know, we haven't gotten much clarity on kind of that injury and, and the severity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think Goran brings? I mean, obviously, it's a stupid question because Goran's good. Like, obviously, he helps. But like, yeah. well, when he gets back, well, how do you see? You, you feel like the biggest thing is just the the like what. Uh, the emailer or Twitter tweeter touched on just like getting that extra guy in there. So Jimmy's not in there 40 minutes a night. Do you, do you kind of feel like that's yeah the biggest thing he brings at this point? Another ball, another ball handler. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah to me, he's like the upgrade over, over Kendrick, who's still kind of hit or miss, right? Yeah. I mean, look, we, and we've said it, I know Bama has been really good this year, but the best, second best offensive player on the team consistently is still Goran. Yeah. He can, can create for himself, create for others. Um, at a very efficient rate, and he, when he's healthy, he's been very good this year. Um, so I mean, this team, you know, it's not just depth. It's not just depth. Like they need his offense, they need his ball handling, they need his 
basketball IQ, like um, he makes a big difference. So it'll obviously allow Jimmy to maybe play off the ball a little bit more, play less minutes, kind of take some of the pressure off of him. Same thing for Bam. I mean, J- he might not have to run as much of the offense through Bam as you've been doing, you know, with Goran in there. Um, but most of all, he's just a really good player who makes his team better. All right. Uh, last one from at sorry six six four eight two seven four two. Would Drew Holiday, Robert Covington, or Miles Turner make more sense for the Heat to trade for? You mentioned it, Dave. I just I'm not ready for trade talk right now. I'm yeah, just, I, I just, agree. I think the answer, right? I mean, okay, this team is probably not going to win a championship, but I think the answers right now for this team are on the roster. They're just hurt. Like I think with Jimmy and Goran healthy, I think this team, you know, is it, fine. Like they they have what they need. Um, right now, those guys are just hurt. So I want to see those guys come back before we talk, start talking about trades. If anything, to me, maybe the thing they need most is another big who can play defense. You know, like I, I, to, you know the rim. Like we talked about, the rim protection isn't great right now. So maybe another big. I mean, Myers is done a solid job kelly has has had an up and down season but you know he's he he does what he does but they're not defensive minded players you know that's not their game so uh, i think another big maybe who can get more rebounds and and maybe be a defensive presence in the center would help this team but again it's like you have to get someone that's going to play well next to bam and that's that's the tough part you know like the good thing about myers and kelly is they stretch the floor which helps bam so much and kind of lets him Let's him play his game. Um, if you get a guy like Steven Adams in here, for example, he doesn't stretch the floor. You can't – it's like the Hassan Whiteside-Bam combo. Like, you can't really play them together. Yeah. So, it's tough. Like, it's it's not just any big guy. Like, you have to find the perfect one. And I don't know if that's going to be out there on the market this year. Yeah. I don't know how getting Drew Holiday in here would affect uh, the ability to go for Giannis or someone else in that offseason. But, man, I love the idea of Drew Holiday on the Heat. Like again, I wouldn't make the trade. I wouldn't make a trade right now. Yeah. But he just feels like such a great Heat point guard to me. Great well, defender. Um, can play obviously. Can create. Can play off the ball a little bit. He is locked up through twenty twenty two. So he's you know I I don't think the Heat should be like getting a guy who is like a rental basically. I think whoever they if they make a trade. It should be a guy that they view as part of their long-term plans. And again, I don't, I, I don't have the salary info and all that stuff up in front of me. Um, but Drew Holiday just feels like a great Heat point guard to me. And again, well, I, I don't think they should make a move. But whatever, yeah, whatever means I, just the name makes sense to me. Whatever it means trading Justice and Kendrick. Um, I mean, maybe like just. This is the one guy from the like young core that I don't I don't necessarily consider Kendrick part of that young core because he still is to me a little unproven and weirdly he's like older than a lot of the guys in the young core even though he's a rookie. Um, but out of like the um, Justice, Bam, um, Hero, Tyler trio, yeah. like to me Justice is the one guy who is most expendable of those three right now. And again, I, I'm I'm pretty pro Justice. Um, yeah, I know he's still somewhat of a polarizing player among the uh, fan base and people who follow the team, but um, he's the one guy that, like, if if the, the, the trade is right, he's the one guy I would part with. The other two, to me, right now are, are pretty much... Bam is, is totally untouchable because, like, he has a chance to be a top-ten guy, like, next year, potentially. 
Um, and Tyler, to me, is still pretty much untouchable because I just think his offensive ceiling is, you know, he is, he's, he is the ceiling to be one of the, you know, 10 or 15 best just offensive players in the league, I think. Yeah, and Tyler, but I mean. Chelsea's just a little bit more, I think, you know, floor is, is pretty high. He's got a good chance to be a really good two-way guy, but he's just, his ceiling is not as high because he does not have the offensive game that those two guys have. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I just, I don't know. I mean, Drew's contract, I know it's been mentioned, obviously he's like a, he's out there. There's a report say that the Pelicans are, are in, you know, at least open to trading him. Um, his contract, he has a player option for the 21-22 season for 26 million bucks. So that's going to eat into your space for 21. If he opts in, obviously we don't know if he's going to opt in, but I mean, at 26 million, he could very easily say, I'll take that, you know? Um, so that's something he will have to weigh. You know, if he if if somehow Drew gives him a you know wink wink and says, look, I'm I'm not gonna opt in probably if I'm healthy, I think I get a longer term contract at a reason at, at the same number. I'm gonna try to get you know another contract and sign a longer term deal at that point. Then fine, you know that he gets off the books in 21 and he had the cap space. Um, but without that, I don't know if I make the deal and sacrifice you know and kind of put 20, 2021 free agency in jeopardy. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. I think we can wrap it up there. Um, anything else you got going on? No. Just ready to get home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He is in Philly right now uh, wrapping up this road trip before uh, he gets home. Um, I, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I spent the whole week last week in Daytona Beach covering high school football. Um, it was pretty fun. If you didn't follow that, you know, check out some of the stuff uh, we wrote because it was a historic week there. Seven state champions um, from South Florida. Um, and it's signing day tomorrow, so if you're into recruiting stuff, you can follow me for that as well. Um, until next week, though, uh, Anthony, um, I'll talk to you. Talk to you, David. Thank you.